My name is Zach Como, and you're listening to the My Tech Decisions Podcast. back to another episode of my tech decisions podcast like i said my name is zach and i'm your host um we at tech decisions along with our sister site commercial integrator i like to cover a lot of it and av tech events around the world but we obviously haven't been to any of them in a few months because of the coronavirus pandemic and they've all been canceled uh, but we have covered some of them virtually uh, many tech events are switching to virtual platforms in a bid to stay connected to the industry uh, network uh, make connections grow the industry, and just kind of help companies release new products. Um, for tech decision makers, especially uh, around uh, communications and collaboration, Enterprise Connect is a pretty important conference. Uh, it showcases the latest in communication and collaboration technology. Uh, but it was it's scheduled for April, but it was canceled in favor of a small virtual offering. And it was reschedu- rescheduled for August, but that too was canceled. Uh, but this time, the show is improving its virtual event uh, with a new model. So today's guest is Eric Kraft, the GM of Enterprise Connect, uh, and he's here to talk to us uh, just about the new virtual offering and what went into the planning of, uh, of that event. Before we get to that interview, here's a quick reminder that My Tech Decisions podcast is available on iTunes and the Google Play Store. Download and subscribe to hear weekly interviews with tech experts like IT professionals, AV installers, cybersecurity experts, software providers, and more. And now here's Eric Kraft. Yeah, so this is something that we've been paying attention to, obviously, since we cover a lot of these events, and uh, there hasn't been one since probably February, January. Yeah. Um, we, we're you know trying to follow the story of the, these tech events going virtual and what that's really going to look like uh, in the future and how that's evolved already. Um, you know, over the, these first few months of the pandemic. Um, so, we, so in August, it was supposed to be in San Fran. Is that still, is that physical event still going to happen or no? no I didn't think no. so. Okay. It just, yeah, it just wasn't, wasn't in the cards. Yeah, and that's a pretty hard hit area right now anyway, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I really, you know, I mean, I, well, I mean, you watch as much news, I'm sure, as I do. It's just not... It's, it's not really looking great anywhere, as you say. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when was the decision made to cancel the physical event? We made that decision back in, like, May, about May 12th or so. Okay. Um, uh, we, you know, as as things were progressing, and, you know, obviously there's a lot of lead time you got to put into this, and it just, yeah. um, it just wasn't clear that it was going to be doable. And, you know, so we had to, you know, cancel, you know, cancel it for the year yeah uh yeah it's funny everyone you know from in march everyone was like oh maybe in uh by june we'll be able to get back to normal and this i mean now we're looking at probably maybe like next spring it's, yeah i mean it it's really and you're right when we reached over march to august we thought no you know no problem this will be you know we'll have this under control by then but yeah it's not to be mm. 
Um, yes. So what's different uh, about this one than uh, what we saw in April? What we're, what's different is we're, we're doing kind of a more of a full blown experience or event in August. The one we did in March, it was really just getting some sessions out there for the week that the show was supposed to happen in Orlando. And so it was about getting, I think we had nine or 10 sessions that, you know, were kind of the top drawing sessions. And we just asked those speakers to do some quick webinars and just get online with some content so that we could connect with our audience, you know, and obviously we canceled that one. Like it was like about mid or early to mid March that we canceled the, the Orlando one. And so it was just, you know, we were just like, what can we get, what can we get out there in the next couple of weeks? And that was it. So for, for August, we're using kind of a full blown virtual event platform. And, um, the, what's, what's exciting to us about it is it's, um, it's really kind of a next gen platform for these virtual events I and mean, virtual events have been around for a while, but this one actually uses stuff like AI and mm-hmm. uses, a, you know, pulls a lot of the information that attendees have always given us when they register uh, to help them find like sessions and vendors and colleagues that they want to talk to. And there's kind of uh, AI driven matchmaking. So if you, you know, you, you're trying to recreate whatever of the feel of a virtual of a live event, you can where people meet up and just, have random discussions and obviously do much of that with, with a virtual event, but you can uh, at least expo- you know, show people some other people they might want to talk to. And it's, you know, up to you how you use that. Right. Yeah. Can you talk more about, um, you know, that, that AI powered platform and um, I think I saw the, the ability to kind of virtually visit uh, vendors. Yeah, so there's, you know, there the the kind of standard virtual event model is you have the sponsors or the vendors there and they're in a list or on a line or whatever yeah. and there's there's kind of that element of it but it's much more dynamic, you know, the vendors you know sort of plug themselves into the same keywords that the uh, attendees do so it kind of we present the attendee with, you know, you said, you know, you said you were interested in these certain topics, here's the vendors that match that. You you went to a session on that top, you know, or if you go to a session on that topic, even if it wasn't on your original list, then we say, Hey, if you like the session, maybe, you know, these, these vendors cover that, that topic. Mm. Um, so it's the idea, the idea is to, you know, if you're faced with a whole huge convention floor, you kind of, you don't always know who to, who to look for, who to look, right. you know, who to look at. And this, this lets you find the vendors with, you know, that you're really interested in. So, you know, what do those vendor pages look like? They they have kind of a um, a video window. They, they the vendor may choose just to do a static image, but they can do a video that that shows, uh, you know, a demo or shows what they what they do or just a message. Um, there's then li- you know listings of their products. You know, and it, it the the kind of look and feel is closer to. I want to. You know, I, I want to say sort of like uh, you know online shopping, where it's it's not uh, you know it's it's uh, it kind of displays the the product and it says if you know again it's kind of like a, all about affinities and if you if you like this product maybe you like that product mm. um, and just it it presents you know there there are some vendor assets you know white papers and so forth they're uh, available to you and there's also people you can you can chat with and you can you can also as an attendee you can make like a, a specific appointment 
um, you know, there, we have them in the 15-minute time blocks uh, where you, you know, you can reserve a time to talk to a vendor. Uh, and that's, to us, that's important because one of the things that's really important is we know this is the week of August 3rd, and we know that it's, you know, it's going to be a work week for most people. It's not like you fly to Orlando and you're, you're mostly away from your job, even though most people do have to check in and keep up. So, we, you know, one of the things we like about the AI and the, the, all the things for finding things in people is that, that it'll hopefully let people be really efficient about how they, they don't just spend a lot of time looking around and not really finding what they're after. They, they get directed right to the things that match what they say they're interested in. Great. So, so there's the ability to talk to someone from that company right on, the, on their page. Yeah, they can they can click that person if they don't have a particular person they want. They can just start a chat sort of randomly. Okay. Okay. Great. Um, and what what is this uh, virtual event platform? Is is there a company that provides it? It's, yeah, it's a company called Swap Card. Mm-hmm. Like you know, like what you do swapping cards at a yeah. at a show. Right. And they're they're based out of France actually. Um, oh. And and um, uh, we again we were just we. We and the company, our parent company, Informa, obviously, we got, you know, dozens and dozens of events that are trying to go virtual. We reviewed a lot of platforms, and, and there are a lot of great ones out there, and there's a lot of advances being made, but we just felt SwapCard had the right combination of AI and a really usable, you know, friendly user interface, and it, we just felt like it made for the best experience for the attendees and the sponsors. Yeah. Um... So can you talk about, you know, the conversations you guys had after that April event and, um, you know, how you wanted and, you know, what you wanted to add, how you wanted to expand, and I guess, uh, you know, how you settled on on that company from France? So we, um, uh, you know, I think the, the April event was really su- successful in terms of just people attending. We had something like 2,500 people all together watch mm-hmm. some of the sessions. Um, but it, it, it kind of wasn't that experience. What we, what we knew we wanted to do at the time, we didn't think we'd need to do it virtually because we thought we were going to be able to, to then do August in San Francisco. But as soon as, as soon as that, uh, fell off, uh, then, then looking back at March, we said that, you know, we didn't really have a chance to, we didn't have any sponsors in that March, April thing. So we didn't have a chance for the, the attendees to meet our sponsors. And obviously, I mean, for one thing, you have to have sponsors to kind of pay the bills, but also we found increasingly as the, as this industry has grown so much, the attendees really want to have that chance to sort of efficiently compare vendors, which you can really only get at an independent event. You know, if you go to a, a, a single vendors event, you're not going to get that total perspective. So they actually, we knew they actually did want to engage with sponsors, and we also knew that they wanted to engage with each other. We knew they wanted to uh, have the opportunity to, uh, you know, people always tell us the thing they like best about Enterprise Connect as a live event is networking with their peers. So uh, we, you know, we need, we knew we needed a good platform to get it, uh, get that to them, and that was really what was behind choosing SwapCard. Was uh, again, I think they, they, we felt they had the best tools and the best experience for, for doing that. So that when somebody comes into this environment, they can easily do what they want to do. Um, Infocom had a, kind of a similar uh, networking feature, but it, it was, um, it looked like 
Tinder or like a dating app, you would like swipe until you saw a tech professional <laughs> that that you had similar interests with or whatever, and that you wanted to to talk further with. It was kind of funny. Um, not that I know what Tinder is. I'm a married <laughs> man. Um, yeah, no, I have one. <laughs> way too old for tinder but but yeah, yeah I, you know i don't know that that and i and i think our audience it's a you know i don't know i can't speak for infocom but our audience is a you know they're a a, a mid-level to senior audience and so mm-hmm. i think they're again they probably also are not as sort of in you know in, immersed in the tinder model of finding people as yeah. maybe younger yeah. folks um yeah do you think this this virtual aspect of enterprise connect will have staying power um, even at, when there's a vaccine and we can go out in public and go to these conferences again? I think it will. I mean, and we're not only think, I mean, I know we're planning for, you know, at least the foreseeable future, the next year or two, for most of our live events to have a, a virtual component because, you know, in in the interim, you know, we hope very much that we that there's a vaccine sooner rather than later. But we know that you know even under those circumstances, it may be it may take a little time to kind of rev the engine back up for a lot of companies to be sending people to events or to you know to at least um, have the have the opportunity and and so you know we feel like there's got to be a virtual component, there's got to be a kind of a hybrid, and that that can actually work better because again you can put a lot of these these. AI-driven tools. You can do it in a in a live event mobile app, but I think having you know having the the hybrid ability just gives you more options and more ways to get the substance of the conference out to people. Yeah, and I think you guys have some uh, premium premium content that I think costs extra. Yeah. What, so what's uh, the value in that? And um, you know, uh, do you guys do something similar for actual physical events? And how does that Kind of mimic that. We we don't really have different tiers of like premium. The the whole kind of the conference as a whole is a paid event at the live event, and then there's there's some, there's a limited amount of programming that we that we do, and there's more that our sponsors do, like on the show floor where it's free to get in. For this one, really the bulk of the conference is free, and we know you know that's because that's just the model online, and that's that's how people expect to consume content. We did we did want to add a you know, we, we wanted to kind of a piece of it that, that we wanted to explore was um, doing a longer thing that used to be, we used to have like tutorial day and a lot of shows still do there. Maybe even Sunday or Monday of their week is, you know, half day or full day tutorials. And we weren't going to go that far, but we got two hour sessions. Um, and the idea is that if somebody, if what somebody really wants is that really deep dive into something that we can, we can provide that and, and charge, really not that much compared to, you know, an hour of consulting or whatever else somebody might get you do to get that same information um, and put it, you know, put it as part of this event. The one thing that's, that we are doing that's a little bit um, uh, unique, not unique, but it's what we decided to do was to split those two hour premium sessions off from the conference days and we're running them on successive Fridays in August. And that was so that um, because two hours, again, if you expect people to be working while they're, you know, catching some time in the virtual event, you know, two hours is a lot to ask them to devote yeah. to one single thing. And then they may not have time to see the sponsors, won't have time to see other sponsor, other 
sessions, meet other people. So we wanted to get that block of two hours time away from the, the main bulk of the conference and give people, you know, a piece of content that they can sort of get every Friday, you know, throughout August. Do you see that there's now sort of a roadmap for holding uh, virtual events and, uh, you know, how is that um, evolving as, uh, as we go and what do you see, you know, for the future of uh, virtual events? I, you know, I think there's, you know, it's definitely, there's definitely a place for it. I mean, one of the things we're, we're seeing, I think every, you know, everybody's experiencing it in one way or another throughout this whole pandemic is people miss being or being with other people in real yeah. life. And, and so we think that's going to apply to conferences when that's possible again. But, but there's, you know, virtually, it definitely, it gives us a wider net to cast. I mean, there's always going to be a share of the, the people, particularly at, you know, smaller businesses who they don't have the time or the money to go off to Florida for a week. And, and even they might love the content, but they just can't swing it. So mm. we, you know, virtual is a, is a great way. And we're finding new ways to provide content to people like that and bring them into our orbit. So maybe as they grow, as their organization grows, or as that person moves into a larger organization, they know who we are and they become interested in the live event. Great. Um, the, well, I mean, the the subject matter for Enterprise Connect, I think, is you know there are a lot of vendors that you know kind of provide this this you know remote collaboration technology. So you know, were any of them you know helpful in kind of uh, you know setting this up and, and expanding on on the virtual event? Well, you know, it it's interesting. We have to actually be sort of careful and neutral yeah. about that you, you know if we use one vendor for our video then the others who sponsors might want so yeah, right. uh the plot we kind of the the swap card platform is a good sort of way to mediate that and mm -hmm. so you know there's things that plug into swap card and there's platforms that that rav crews are able to use to stream to swap card but we you know we're we we consciously try to avoid making sort of a putting a stake in the ground with one of our sponsors or another as a provider to us. Uh, maybe a better question is, I mean, do you think it's important to expand on your own virtual event, given that you're um, providing a service for companies that, you know, are, are skilled at, at doing that? So it would kind of, um, you know, it would be probably incumbent on you guys to provide something like that and demonstrate that you're, you know, uh, you think like them. Does that make sense? It's oh yeah, and and it was we heard it a lot from our sponsors. You know they've they love the platform that we've got. Um, the attendees we we have an advisory board made up of of end user attendees, uh, and when we asked them kind of how they wanted to virtually engage with their peers, even before we sort of went into the full blown virtual event planning, they talked a lot about it. You know I'd like to have these kind of capabilities of finding what I'm looking for. And I'd like to, you know, you know, not, not have kind of the, the traditional, very flat and, and less functional virtual experience, but you know, they, they, they know that we should be able to do these things and they think we're naturally the, the kind of an event that should, because as you say, that's, that's what our job, you know, and yeah. we've, we've even mentioned that in, in talking about it, that, you know, artificial intelligence and, and collaboration technology isn't just what we cover, it's it's how the event runs. Yeah, exactly. Um, Great. Um, 
Derek, I think that answers all the questions I had, unless there's anything else. Thanks very much. Again, really yeah. appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Take care. Thanks for listening to another episode of the My Tech Decisions podcast, where it's our mission to help you make technology decisions for your company. If you'd like to learn more, head to mytechdecisions.com or follow us on Twitter at mytechdecisions. You can also follow me on Twitter at ZWComo. Until next time.